welcome to another episode of the Black Professional Podcast. My name is Dr. Tade Ayene. I'm an assistant professor of medical sciences, as well as the director of the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at a medical school in the Northeast United States. I'm also the CEO of Beyond Performative, a social change and DEI consulting firm. Today, we'll talk about the Black professional in the context of cash flow and business innovation with our special guest. Marvin Jean-Jacques is an analytical, growth-minded executive professional with expertise in resource management and systems thinking. He is an entrepreneur who builds and leads multidisciplinary teams that deliver results utilizing data-driven decision-making. After landing a senior position with one of the world's largest transportation authorities, he realized he needed to foray into the private sector. He's since become an MBA candidate, started an e-commerce and consulting company, and helped scale a small business to a 50% increase from the previous year for the past two years in a row. He's passionate about financial independence and sharing lessons learned with peers and young men who've yet to learn wealth building principles. Marvin, my brother, welcome to the show. Tade, thanks for having me. Terrific intro. That sounds excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've um, so just so for our listeners, the uh, backstory is um, I've known Marvin for a long time, and I've actually been reaching out to you to get onto the show for a long time because um, you did something that um, I thought was was really um, revolutionary, which is you uh, managed to become successful in your profession. And, you know, um, if you consider how, how, how difficult and how many obstacles there are in everyday black life, you know, you know, for any young black man to, you know, essentially make it in the professional world is a wonderful thing. And, you, you know, I would not have been mad at you if you just, you know, kind of said, hey, I'm just going to focus on this. And then once you, you know, really, you know, gain that uh, financial stability, you then kind of pivoted, you know, kept doing um, your full time job at a very high level, but then started moving into all of these really cool areas. Uh, so I was really hoping to kind of talk to you about that. So my first question for you is, in the intro, I used the term entrepreneur, not entrepreneur. What's an entrepreneur? You know, an entrepreneur, it's actually uh, an, an older term. It was uh, coined in the 80s. And it really talks about a person that embodies entrepreneurial principles, but do it or, or does and implies and, and implements those principles uh, within the structures of an existing organization. Uh, and so, you know, oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs have that hustle mentality. They're going to go above and beyond. They're going to invest everything to build their business. Well, many of us do that within an organization. We'll take on more uh, than is asked of us, but because we realize we can create a lane for ourselves. And, you know, that's really the attitude and that's really what got me to where I am today. And so, uh, I love that term. Uh, I do uh, have entrepreneurial tendencies. Uh, I know this, but within the companies I'm at, I'm always looking to innovate, always looking to see how I can enhance uh, the future and be aligned with the mission uh, to not just bring profitability, but also uh, represent 
our culture, our people in the best light to show that there's excellence uh, when it comes to being a black professional. And so that's what an entrepreneur means to me. Uh, feel free to Google it. I think a lot of your listeners uh, will really resonate with this term. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs, they kind of get all the light, but there's a lot of us who within organizations and municipalities uh, mm. in Fortune Fives who have this kind of tendency to go above and beyond and to really innovate. Even small changes can really impact the bottom line. And there's some of us who know that, and I tend to gravitate, gravitate to those folks. Uh, and I know you are one of those individuals. Yeah, you know, um, two things that I want to pick up on, um, because I think it'll be extremely helpful for our listeners is, um, so I mentioned before that I I do mentor a network of young black professionals. Most of them are either entry level or um, shouldn't be entry level anymore, but, but uh, still are. And so a common uh, kind of question I get is, um, how are you supposed to make it when um, due to, um, you know, a history of, of uh, structural racism, black people, not every black person, but, but generally speaking, will probably have less social capital and less actual like financial capital to, to, you know, start businesses and uh, do different things like that. And so um, I, I really love everything you said about the entrepreneur lane, because I think it opens up another way to kind of overcome, uh, you, you know, some of those um, disparities that, that are more um, historical and structural in nature. That's exactly right. And we really have to take advantage of what a lot of these organizations have. You know, I remember a time I came into a group, uh, primarily uh, Black and Latino, who've been there for many years. Um, and frankly, the institution had beat a lot of these brothers and sisters down. Uh, I mean, they really uh, were in a, a state almost like PTSD. And um, there weren't the proper mentors. There wasn't the proper management. The leadership was so poor. It was really a chaotic environment. Uh, but what I realized is in that chaos, there was some opportunity. And uh, for me in particular, there was an opportunity through internships, bringing in new resources, bringing in fresh blood who could come in and really do things in a different way. And uh, I'll never forget when I <laughs> brought my first intern on, uh, a, a couple of the older folks was, hey, how, how this guy, you know, this young guy, you know, they call me a baby. They call me Similac. How this guy get an intern? <laughs> and I let them know. I said, this is available to all of us. Uh, but how many have really dug into the manuals, have really dug into the HR policies to see how we can use the systems to advance our causes, uh, advance the mission of the organization, but also put ourselves in a proper light because people aren't going to, you know, listen, a lot of people get the projects uh, and because of a certain tone or because of a certain culture, or maybe you just don't have the fit, right? We know about this in organizations. Uh, they're not going to give it to you. So how can you take what the resources are in the company and use that as leverage to get yourself the exposure and put yourself in the room and put yourself uh, at the table, right? And really get uh, a seat and, and make things happen. Um, I, I really felt for them because a lot of them had been there, you know, some decades, you know, 20, 25 years and weren't able to do that. Uh, but mm. me coming in young and hearing their experiences, I learned, you know, I just had to move differently. Mm. And I think that really a lot of us who are who are younger, 
we have more opportunity because the systems are what they are, but we've learned so much. We're not naive. We already know the deck stacked against us. So we have to play a different game if we're going to get ahead. And I think many people are already doing it. And I was fortunate um, to be in that atmosphere because that negative environment uh, really helped kind of spur me on to, to have the chip on my shoulder mm. justified and to have me move a lot differently uh, than maybe uh, I was taught um, from the school system and from other uh, institutions. So, so um, there is something there that you said that I'd really like to kind of get into, which is what I find is this, right? Sometimes there is a disconnect between people who have, between people who have, you know, so-called made it, right? You know, they, uh, they're, they're making good money. They have a nice title and between people who are trying to make it. And many times some of the complaints I hear is um, I'm trying to make it. And whenever I talk to someone who has made it, they keep telling me hard work and dedication. And I'm like, I've been hard working and I've been dedicated for a while. I've not seen much. And so you used a, 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 a phrase there, which was, um, you know, like learn the game. And so give us a sense of, okay, you come in and you're hardworking just like everyone else. And there, and as you mentioned, there, there were some people 25 years didn't make it. And it clearly wasn't, you know, due to just lack of hard work, lack of, lack of, lack of dedication. So, you know, give us the game a little bit. What was the difference? And that's a good question. I think uh, every organization you go to, the game's played a little differently. Uh, so the first thing is learning. Uh, I think a lot of people come in uh, new with an agenda and you want to make your mark and do this and do that. But you really have to learn. And, uh, you know, what I did even in that organization, that atmosphere, um, was I sat and I talked to every single person and said, hey, what's your story? Mm. How'd you end up here? What'd you do? What does success look like? Um, and through those conversations, um, I learned that a lot of them uh, had expected through a culture of, uh, how do I say it, of, of doing favors, mm. of having certain allegiances, mm. of, of dealing with certain fiefdoms um, that they thought that they would move forward. And so uh, what I learned from that was, mm -mm, you know what, I can't do that. I can't mm. have any allegiances. I can't do anything uh, but stand out with absolute professionalism, uh, with an excellent standard with how I execute my projects and to work and support everybody. Uh, and so there were times where I was working on three or four projects at one time, uh, lead on probably two of those uh, mm -hmm. and still supporting folks in other department because everything was so siloed and everything was so set apart that that's how I could really come and just show, hey, I'm here and I'm a team player. Um, that wasn't the game they were playing. That was my game. I realized, mm -hmm. you know what? I could do something a bit differently here. And, you know, that's the spirit of innovation that we have to bring wherever we are. Uh, in, in certain organizations, there's going to be uh, a, a certain group of trendsetters or a certain in crowd, and you got to find your way in. You, you, you'll, know, you'll know who they are. Um, and the only way you can impress those folks is by doing something to grab their attention. And so, uh, you know, this is really in principle. It's hard to answer that kind of question in a pointed mm -hmm. manner. I could only speak to the different organizations and, and groups I've been in. Uh, but one of the things or the, the principle that I've seen that's always the same, extreme ownership. If they know that the buck stops with you, no matter what task, that you're never going to say this excuse or that excuse 
that no matter what, you're going to get it to the finish line. Your reputation is really what's going to let people even tell you and put you up on game. That's really what's going to happen when people pull your coat. And I had this happen where uh, someone who was plugged in, who was very <laughs> many, many decades ahead, uh, pulled me aside and he said, listen, right now, uh, your name is Mud. Uh, they're trying they're trying to get rid of you right now. I said, me, what are you talking about? I'm rocking it out. That little word, I didn't get mad. I didn't get defensive. I said, oh, okay, I have to step it up even more because, uh, you know, this is the Black Professional Podcast. We could be honest. When it comes to us, we have a different standard. Mm. Uh, they might be going 90 miles per hour and everyone thinks they're good. We have to do a buck 25 just to seem decent. And so uh, I was cruising at a buck 25. I thought I was doing great. At that point, um, there were people who were really trying to stop the moves I was making because it wasn't a part of the typical structure. And so uh, because of that, some rumors were being spread. These things were happening. But thankfully, uh, uh, this man who's many years my senior came, talked to me, let me know. And so I had to step it up and start going 200 miles per hour to the point where when the, the project ended, um, everyone had to come from senior leadership, whomever to say, wow, you did an excellent job. We didn't even think it could be done. We appreciate you. We need you, all of that. Um, but had he not told me, I wouldn't have known um, how hard I had to go. And so, yes, it is work hard. The work hard, it is dedication. But I think at times, some people miss activity with achievement. Mm. You can work very hard. You could run on the treadmill all day, but you're not getting anywhere. You've got to be achieving things and you have to know what those milestones and benchmarks are that are going to separate you from the rest of the group. And you have to figure that out within your organization. Mm. So um, there's a lot there that 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 uh, Marvin just 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 uh, gave us. I would say the big difference between me and Marvin is this. He figured these things out instinctively. Uh, most people can't do that. I honestly can't do that. So, <clears throat> sorry, if you are listening to this and you're like, wow, there was so much there. I don't even know where to start. Let me tell you um, how I learned everything that he just kind of figured out how to do uh, more kind of on the fly. Uh, there's, there's, there's a book called The First 90 Days. And it basically, um, a lot of what Marvin's actually talking about, it just lays it out in that uh, book. So I would say, you know, go back and just re-listen to everything he said. And then, you know, maybe check out a few sections of that book. And what the book will do is um, it'll take what it'll take a lot of what he said and just kind of unpack it and and give you uh, case studies. But I say the biggest thing to focus in on uh, what he just said right now is, yes, work hard. Yes, be dedicated before you do all that. Take a little time to understand how your specific kind of organization works. Some organizations, you'll never get promoted if you don't know the right person. Other, other places, we don't care who you know. We care that you're really good at this, at this particular technical thing, right? So it's uh, really a matter of, of, of just taking a little time to really understand how does your kind of organization work. And, as, and after you've done that homework, yeah, go ahead, put your head down, work hard, be dedicated. Uh, so you're just kind of continuing with that theme. I did want to ask you, okay, you hit a point where in your actual profession, things are going well. And then you, and then you pivot into all of these um, different fields that, 
that we that we talked about at the uh, start of this episode. So um, really, uh, I come across black professionals and actually professionals of all you know races, everything all the time. And the number one thing that I hear is, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a teacher, whatever. But there's this other cool stuff that I want to do. I don't know how to get started. And so you're an example of someone who actually, you know, kept your full time job, but also pivoted. Uh, So just give us a few principles on how you successfully pivoted. Wow. You know, um, I think you have to just follow your interests. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of varied interests uh, into a lot of things. And um, there was a time where I was so focused, and we've talked about this in the past on moving up and, and, and making it in my organization, that I put some of those things aside. Um, and as I progressively moved up uh, and, and kind of upskilled, uh, I realized, you know, there's, there's more out there uh, for me. You know, I, I really looked at the top and saw, you know, at certain municipalities and within government, uh, you, you're going to get to a certain level where you're just going to need X amount of years or what have you. And it has nothing to do with the innovation or what have you. You're going to have to wait your turn uh, because there are people who put in those 30 years or 35 years and have those connections and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I couldn't just sit on my hands. Right. So I had to make some other moves. And, uh, you know, being married with kids, you're thinking about uh, what kind of person you want to be for them. And so the first step for me uh, and the, the route I know was education, right? So I went back to school, uh, got a, a project management professional certification from the Project Management Institute, um, <coughs> and found some some ways I could leverage that, um, and then uh, decided to go back and get uh, an MBA. And so uh, doing that, uh, it really showed me, wow, I'm excited. Then I started working um, with a, a small business and was able to help them grow again, using the principles that made me successful in my profession or in my career, just to bring it there and realize, wow, these these skills translate um, in the private sector as well. And so uh, for me, a lot of it is just getting the knowledge and implementing as fast as I can and seeing how it works and, so, and just trying so things really out. So really quickly, um, uh, forgive me, I just want to jump in because I know that right now um, some listeners may be listening and they're thinking this oh well this guy went and got a project management certification and an mba i don't have time for that i have four kids <laughs> right i got you know i got we don't got, have time for it either <laughs> right so so okay um on the one hand yes i feel you obviously mba great but on the other hand some of our listeners are like look that's not going to happen for me you right like i i just cannot get an mba right now but but I really want to, you know, pivot into cool stuff. So let's say someone is kind of handcuffed in that way where it's like, where it's like, look, I can't do anything formal. And the reason that I'm asking you this is because I know that you've also found ways to kind of foray into stuff without doing any type of official thing. So let's say someone is like, um, look, let me stop you at MBA. I, you know, I can't get the certification. I can't get the MBA. I'm already working 60 hours. You know, I'm, I'm a change of diapers. I'm doing this, that, and the third. Just tell me some principles on how to do it. What would you say? Okay. You know, uh, people are not going to be happy with these kind of answers. Because <laughs> we all have the same 168 hours in a week. Uh, and that's, that's just a fact. And so you have to budget your time the way you budget your money. 
And mm. so the the formal education, uh, for me, those are just letters. That just helps you get into certain rooms and certain spaces. Uh, but to really upskill, we're in a point in time where there's more information available via the internet than there's ever been in human existence. And so that's where those extra three or four hours a day should be spent. YouTube is an incredible resource. Uh, I mean, when it came to learning about stocks, when it came to learning about crypto, NFTs, that's where I jumped. I got a top tier education, uh, networking with people who are already experts in those things, uh, you know, talking to a few guys who I know were doing well in the stock market and saying, hey, wh- how are you getting your information? Oh, Reddit. OK. You know, before Wall Street bets, we knew <laughs> about Reddit and we were learning about these things. And so the, the information is there. And I appreciate that you you, you asked this question is because the MBA, uh, that, that, that's just so much. That's just a degree. The, the knowledge is what's important. You can get that. Trust me, you can get that without having to go to school and paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, that That's just, uh, you know, something I, I need to get just for, uh, in a sense, when it comes to my kids and whatnot. When I tell them, hey, I want you to have an education, yeah. I have to have that as well. But when it comes to building wealth, you can have, listen, there are so many people you can follow. Uh, you know, there's this book that helped me a great deal. And I think a lot of your listeners would like this because uh, many people who are professional, like you said, don't have time and their time stretched. So uh, J.L. Collins wrote this book, The Simple Path to Wealth. And it's so simple how he talks about it. It's leveraging compound interest. It's what we've always heard. You live below your means, you save money, and what you save, you invest. We know mm-hmm. about that, but how many people practice it? You know, it's the same as diet and exercise. We okay. know it's going to keep you in shape, but yeah. how many people do it? And so a lot of the information's out there, uh, but we do have to spend our time wisely to go out and get it. So when I'm washing dishes, I'm listening to podcasts on YouTube. When I'm, when I'm ironing or, or doing what I have to do yeah. with my clothes and doing chores, I'm listening to these things. And that just helped me upskill and then implementing what you learned. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to add kind of a little PS to that is that... Um, the reason that I ask you this question is because uh, something happened really over the past year and a half that I thought was like really cool is like you and I have known each other for a long time. So this time a year and a half ago, whenever we would talk, it'd be, uh, hey, did you see the Knicks game? And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then um, like when you started to just listen to this stuff and get into this space and just pick up all of these different um, types of information. I began to hit a point where I didn't know what you were talking about. And so <clears throat> that was really cool for me because then I had to go and look it up. Like I had, you know, you know, to my shame, I had never really considered what's the difference between a liability and an asset and what's the relationship between those two until you started talking different. And, you know, just for me to hang out with you, I had to go and like, look this up. And so just like the content of our conversation changed. Now, the thing that I want our listeners to really pick up on is that, um, you know, I don't have a finance background, neither does Marvin, but we started talking as if we did. And so, you know, lots of times, uh, and, and, and this goes back to overcoming a disparity in, in social capital. I think it's normal that, you know, a lot of us don't have, you know, all these big fancy, you know, titles in our family, but we can still, uh, you know, because we're in this day and age, like rather easily um, pick up the knowledge. So 
that is something that um, what we'll do is we're going to have Marvin back a, a few different times. And so and so that's where we are, where we are going to pick up next time, which is, OK, I've picked up the knowledge. What do I do? And so that, I think, is going to be um, a really um, foundational episode for a lot of people. So so definitely, uh, we, uh, whenever you're looking at my episodes, if you see Marvin John Jock's name, you need to um, you need to listen to that one. Uh, you could literally start your like my whole plan is that we're going to put together a series of episodes that if you just listen to them um, in succession, you could like start your own business. Um so just keep that in mind. I want to ask you one last kind of wrap up question for now, which I ask a lot of my guests is this. Um, let's say you could get into a time machine, uh, go back in time and 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 tap a past version of yourself on the shoulder and give yourself a piece of advice that would save you a lot of time, money, um, whatever. Uh, so it's a two-part question. How far back would you go? So would you go to your 15-year-old self, to your to your eight-year-old self, to your you know 21-year-old self? Uh, how far back would you go, and what would be the advice? Wow, you know that's a that's a terrific question. Um, I've really been looking forward, but I have been thinking about uh, about my past and what what I would do is uh, I, I would go back to my 15 year old self. I'm, I'm glad that you brought him up. Uh, and, and I would tell him that, uh, you know, you can do anything you want. Uh, uh, you, you're not limited uh, by what society's told you, teachers have told you, or the, the people around you um, mm. at that moment. There's really all these things you want to do, you can. And, uh, you know, a, a simple example, I actually, it's, it's funny you asked this question. I was thinking about this a little while ago. Um, I had someone I knew who was big into coding and had taught me how to, you know, do a little bit uh, on the computer. Uh, but at the time, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hip. So I wanted to play ball and do all these <laughs> other things. <laughs> but but had I known, I would have went in that lane. And he's in, you know, he's in Silicon Valley right now. We, we have mm. a few conversations to talk about the family. But I was like, wow, you know, that was a missed opportunity. So uh, that's definitely something I would have told myself to just just follow your passions. Don't really look at, at, at you know, following kind of the lanes of the others around you. And uh, also uh, invest early. Uh, I used to be so scared of investments. I thought, you know, you have to save it. And uh, there was a time I was, you know, hoarding cash. I think like a lot of us, you know, I just had it's it got like the wads of cash, like beneath the mattress. Listen, like, you know, hey, my you go take that, but I'm keeping it there. Uh, but that's that's the worst thing you could do. If you're saving, uh, just inflation is eating your money, right? You, you need to have it invested. It has to be working for you. And uh, my 15-year-old self, had I talked to him about it, he would have understood it. Uh, but, you know, frankly, nobody broke that down. I think a lot of us grew up in cultures and communities yeah. where saving was the best you could do because most yeah. people were already in debt. And so that's yeah. all they knew to pass on to us. Uh, but investing is really the way uh, mm. to, to get yourself kind of out of that grind. And even when you invest enough and your money's working for you outside of the job, it, it lets you be a little more bold within the job to take mm. some steps yeah. uh, that maybe you otherwise wouldn't. Uh, because you know you have some other means. And so uh, those would probably be the two pieces of advice I'd give my younger self. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you develop a time machine, let me know, because I'd, I'd like to employ that and get that done. Yeah, no, but um, I I really like everything um, you said. I think that um, I never really thought about it that way. You know, that even just sometimes our mental limitations in the past, um, you know, really kind of box us into these things. Um you know, but if you would ask your 15 year old self, do you think that you are limiting yourself? You know, obviously you would have been like, no, what do you mean? I'm free. So, you know, I love, you know, how much um, reflection that you did there. The last thing that I would really touch upon is um, you, you may be listening right now and you hear this term invest early. I just want to really take take a moment to expand that to expand the definition of that word. People here invest. They think Wall Street. That's not wrong. But um, think about it like this. Investing really is just taking your money and putting it or, or your time or your energy and putting it into anything that is an asset. An asset is just something that once you own it, it makes you money instead of taking money out of your pocket. So like me, for example, um, I just don't do Wall Street. It's not my thing. I don't day trade. I don't have stocks. I don't do anything like that. But <laughs> but for but for example, one thing that I've been looking into is uh, I've been looking into getting into vending machines. You know what I mean? It's an easy way to, you know, make some extra income. So, you know, when you hear Marvin say invest early, you know, um, if Wall Street is your thing, then Wall Street is your thing. But it's but really, I think the heart of what he's saying is um, get out of just piling up your money somewhere, like put it to work, um, you know, in in uh, whatever way you want to put it to work. Um, finally, do you have anything that, uh, you want to plug? Uh, you know, I'm really just happy to, to even be able to participate and kind of share, um, what I've learned. I do have some projects that are coming up, uh, they're in the infancy and you know me, I like to talk about things when, when they're, they're manifest already. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, uh, you all could follow me. I'm at that Martian, um, <coughs> on Twitter, uh, D-A-T-M-A-R-T-I-A-N. Uh, but, you know, just to underscore what you just said, um, invest early. Most of it is in yourself. And what you hit on about your mentality, that's what sets us back. And so I think a lot of us know th this quote, but really, once I started understanding it helped. And the quote is, uh, if you think you can or you think you can't, uh, either way, you're right. Mm. It, it's all up to us. And so when it comes to investing, uh, just just getting the knowledge around certain topics. I remember when I thought there's no way I could understand the stock market. I think we even talked about it. I was like, you know what? That's not for me. This was literally a, like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I know, right? Remember? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to put things in a high yield savings account. Uh, and then, you know, uh, once once I hopped in, I said, wait a minute. No, this is this is light compared to some of the other things we've done, especially just survive. if you're black in America, just surviving <laughs> already, you, yeah. you've done it. So any yeah. of this stuff is like trust. So the stocks are light. Uh, the real estate is not hard. When it comes to these cryptos and NFTs, don't let people uh, uh, or don't don't let yourself think you can't get into it or understand it. Uh, everything that's moving right now is really for us. There's so much more opportunity for us than we realize. And, you know, uh, the last thing I say is these platforms like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, you know, today we were talking about it. Oh, uh, yeah. We're of the generation where the, it's entertainment. 
these young people, when they look at it, it's a financial tool, right? And you had referenced this earlier. We need to see that it's really a way for us to gain a lot of knowledge and a lot of access that may used to be told, you know, at a dinner table somewhere that we weren't invited. Now it's right there. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to put in kind of that extra work to, to, to make up for that lack of social capital you referenced before. But we can get that information and employ it. And there's really nothing to stop us um, except for sometimes we put caps on ourselves. And so that's the last thing I'd say. But, you know, you guys can fi find me and follow me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not I'm not that active. I'm learning from today <laughs> to be more active because I'm really just trying to do it. But uh, having these conversations is so helpful. And so, you know, brother, I appreciate you a great deal for what you're doing. Yeah. It's going to help so many people. So thank you that I can even uh, be here and participate. Look forward for the next time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have nothing to add. I think I think that that's an awesome last word. Um, what I'll do is uh, I will update my uh, show notes as uh, Marvin's different projects come to light. So just uh, definitely check out all of the uh, show notes. Hopefully you all found this helpful. Let me just end with the uh, same quote that we always end with. It is an African proverb. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So Marvin Jean-Jacques, thank you for helping us to go together. Appreciate you.